0: Hello, good evening and welcome to Seascapes. On tonight's programme, we visit Blacksod Lighthouse in County Mayo and I'll catch up with a sailor who's a month into what he hopes will be Ireland's first solo non-stop circumnavigation. Blacksought Lighthouse in County Mayo recently opened its doors to the public and daily guided tours are now available. This brings to 15 the number of great lighthouses of Ireland which are open as visitor attractions. Joanna McNicholas went along to Blacksod
1: so, Dave, August Fultagaji, chat, on Odejjav. Hello, and you're all very welcome here to the lighthouse at Blacksod for your first tour of the lighthouse. Uh, Blacksod Lighthouse is still a functioning lighthouse, so we're pretty much doing the same thing that we did here for over 150 years. Um, so, the lighthouse is
2: still. That's tour guide Fergus Sweeney taking visitors around Blacksod Lighthouse, which has been shining its light since 1866 and then another guide, William Duffy, brought us upstairs to the tower.
0: This is now the control centre. Um, You see the control panel over on the wall there. That's in direct
3: communication with the Irish Lights Building uh, in Dun Laoghaire. If anything goes wrong with the lighthouse, if the light goes down for any particular reason, um, they're
0: alerted straight away in Dublin. It's being monitored 24 hours a day. So, we go up to the next level. So this is where the light, this is where it all happens. This huge lens here is a Fresnel lens. Uh, it works like uh, prisms, uh, which concentrate and magnify the light out to see. Uh, it's run by LED diodes. But now the modern lighthouses have
4: sensors, and they come on automatically at night.
0: Now we just go outside here um, and have a look. That's the balcony up there. Um, and there's a great view out there, you can see Head. Oh,
3: yes, yes um, I can see that. Yeah, And uh, Slieve Moore, which think is a yes. big
2: mountain. Vincent Sweeney has been the lighthouse attendant at Blacksod for many years.
5: I've been associated with this building uh, for work for 40 years. 1981 I came in here. But it goes back further. We were born and raised here in the early 50s. So it was a family home as well as a lighthouse. So
2: you were reared in a lighthouse?
5: It was where in the lighthouse, yeah, caused a lot of uh, anxiety for my mother when we were growing up because of the location and the dangers involved being so close to the pier. As children, we'd be down there fishing for crabs and little fish and, uh, you know, we weren't able to swim at the time. But uh, it was a happy time because we'd spend a lot of time in rock pools and it was brilliant. No TV in those days. That's the 50s, late 50s.
2: And your dad had been the lighthouse keeper before you?
5: He was. He came in here in 1933. He retired in 1981. I took over in 1981 after coming ashore from, uh, I was three years on Eagle Island. And uh, when he retired, I uh, became attendant at Black Sod and I'm here since.
2: Weather forecasts were being given from Black Sod since the late 1800s. And in 1944, Vincent's mother, Maureen Sweeney, gave a forecast which resulted in the postponement of the D-Day landings into France. Maureen, now aged 98, was recently presented with a special award from the United States for her role in guiding the Allied forces across the English Channel into Normandy.
5: She was uh, presented with um, a medal from the House of Representatives from the United States, a very rare um, award, and a citation from the War Museum in uh, New Orleans, the the D-Day World War II Museum in New Orleans, and a few letters from um, grandchildren of soldiers who put their first foot on the beaches of Normandy on that morning saying, thank you Oni, for your forecast we would not be here
2: the lighthouse here is opening up to the public but it's still a working lighthouse
5: it is um, it's a working lighthouse in the sense of uh, all lighthouses really are working lighthouses they're all automatic the light uh, is still a navigation aid but black salt is another side to it as well we're a forward refueling base for uh, refueling search and rescue choppers that's the irish coast guard And uh, the Irish Air Corps on air ambulance jobs or some other mercy missions probably you know so we're certainly working lighthouse we're on call 24-7 365 days of the year for refueling purposes
2: does that mean that at very short notice you could get a notification that there was a helicopter coming in for refueling
5: Uh, very much so the shortest notice I ever got was five minutes so you know you a helicopter be could be out on a navigation exercise and all of a sudden it would turn into a task and into a mission which that's uh, that's what happened actually when the five minutes
2: <laughs> so you have to be pretty close by then and ready for action at all on times? the ball
5: close by and uh, we have uh, Jerry my brother is assistant attendant so we we provide a 24/7 uh, 365 cover
2: So, if in the event of that happening and there were tours on here, would the tours have to be cancelled then?
5: We would have to cancel the tours. There's a certain section in the helipad area where nobody is allowed in anyway. But, for example, if somebody was up on the tower, there's quite a downdraft from the Sikorsky 92 um, aircraft and uh, we could not take the chance of anybody just being knocked over or blown over or hurt, so it's very important.
2: In March 2017, while on a mission near Blacksod, the Dublin Coast Guard helicopter Rescue 116 crashed, resulting in the loss of its four crew members. Captain Dara Fitzpatrick, Captain Mark Duffy, winch operator Paul Ormsby, and winchman Kieran Smith all lost their lives. Blacksod Lighthouse is just one of four lighthouses on the Mullet Peninsula. The other three are located at Ballyglass, Eagle Island and Blackrock Island.
1: Uh, my name is uh, Jerry Sweeney, Assistant Attendant at uh, Black Sod Lighthouse. Before that, I was a full-time uh, lighthouse keeper. I spent 15 years in the service out at various lighthouses. I was The nearest to here I was stationed was, I suppose, Eagle Island was one and Blackrock uh, Mayo, we call it was the the second lighthouse black rock is automatic since 73 now my last station as a lighthouse keeper was eagle island which went automatic in 1988
2: and is it true that the waves there are up to 75 meters high
1: it is it is i can i can certainly vouch for that because in uh, 1986 i was on it when the tail end of a hurricane from the uh, east Coast of the United States, it came back across the Atlantic. Now, we had warnings, you know, three four days before that. Uh, the, the seas began to build up. with a heavy, a heavy swell we call it. And off Eagle Island, the continental shelf breaks off quick. There's a big drop, you know, down to three hundred feet, which that's what causes the sea to rise and the big swell to come in. And when the, the North Atlantic. Uh, current is hitting that shelf, it's increasing. So when it comes into the coastline at Eagle Island and at Arathais and them places, it's absolutely huge. On Eagle Island, the sea rushes up the cliff. The cliff itself would be at least 200 feet high. And it comes over the cliff, And at the back of the accommodation block there's a huge wall built, a storm wall it was called, for breaking the the big seas. So it comes over the storm wall and over the accommodation block. And when you're actually in the block and that, it's not white water, this is green water or blue water, whatever it is, you can feel the pressure in your ears, the air being compressed. And then there's, there's there's an unearthly silence for maybe two or three seconds, and then once that water hits the roof, hits the air, it's just mayhem, mayhem.
2: Just looking at the bigger picture around here, there are four lighthouses uh, around this peninsula, so that says that there must be very dangerous waters around here.
1: It does. It does. There are four lighthouses. You're you're correct. They are. Back when they were built in the 1800s, most of the trade here, there was no trains to to, to Eris, and never has been. But most of the trade in the west coast of that time was by shipping. From Glasgow to uh, Derry, Sligo, Westport, Galway, you know. So that's why the the four light, it's a rough coast, it's a rough coast I can tell you. uh, And there has been some tragedies with ships in the past. Uh, but that's why they had the 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 four lighthouses and the way today we have gps and we, we did you take out your phone and everything like that but i could show you upstairs in this lighthouse when it was built in 1866 you, you have a, a white light which gives you safe water and a red light and it's so so simple the the way it was worked out you know back then so we've probably progressed a little bit but not as far as some people maintain we have
2: The lighthouse tours have been developed following a collaboration between Mayo County Council the Commissioner of Irish Lights who owns the lighthouse and a local development cooperative based in the nearby village of Achleham near Blacksod
6: yes, so my name is Evan Walker and I'm the tourism officer here working with the development co-op Co Comhán Farba on a deal so as part of the Corcum and on Anad were successful in getting funding from the ORDF and other bodies to establish a tourism hub in Achleam under the working title Orish Atlantic. As part of this hub, Blackside Lighthouse has been opened as part of the first stage of the project and we're developing the visitor attraction here.
2: And how often is the lighthouse going to be open now? What are the hours you've planned for it?
6: So going forward we're looking to be open 7 days a week, between 10 and 4, with one tour running every hour at the moment. And as we get more versed we'll be ramping that up to 2 tours an hour um, in the coming weeks. Booking will be all done online, we have a website ie, and from there you can book and secure your place on the tour, which we advise booking in advance because we've seen huge demand and we're only open a couple of days.
2: And do you think this will be a long term thing or is it only for the summer months this year?
6: This will be a this long-term project and um, in the shorter season we will probably reduce our hours um, but if the summer seasons going forward, it, the lighthouse will be open from May till October, seven days a week.
0: Joanna McNicholas reporting from the wilds of County Mayo and Blacksod Lighthouse. In July, I was on board the yacht Waxwing in Kilrois with Peter Lawless. At the time, Peter was about to set sail on a solo, non-stop journey around the world. He hopes to be the first Irish person ever to complete this journey. He said sail in August and he thinks the journey will take about eight months. I caught up with him earlier today to see how he is getting on.
3: Good morning, Fergal. Good to talk to you again. I'm um, off the coast of Portugal. I'm anchored. Uh, of Port, Porto Ma... I'm not how, sure how you pronounce it. Uh, so I, I had a small... Um, um, uh, problem with my steering, so I made a decision to, to to pull in, not not to stop, just to anchor and repair it.
0: And also probably a bit of a well-deserved rest. How you're gone now? What? Just over three weeks.
3: Three weeks. Uh, today, I think. If today is Saturday, yes, three weeks today um, or tomorrow. Uh, a well-deserved rest. Would not, I didn't really want to pull in. I mean. I... I, I i i would prefer to continue but for safety reasons it wouldn't have been uh, wise to keep going with, with a rudder that wasn't working properly so uh i pulled in anchored in a lovely calm spot where i where i can um, concentrate on working and i found the problem and i'm going to resolve it today hopefully fix it and get on my way again as soon as i'm 100 percent happy that it's uh, perfect
0: how have things been for you what's the weather been like
3: I had asked the universe for a nice cross in Biscay and I got it. So Biscay was, was a dream. It was the nicest ever. I uh, had lovely easterly winds. I flew across seven, eight, nine knots. Um, uh, after I came to Finisterre, uh, the wind died completely. I, I had I had no wind. I was hoping to pick up the Portuguese trades there and get fairly good, strong north winds to push me down along the coast of Spain and Portugal. It didn't happen. Which is very unusual. I got, I got, uh, I had four days of of being becanned, not a puff. Really? Uh, yeah. So that's Murphy's law. But anyway, if you look. That's sailing. You, you you don't always get the weather you expect. Um, weather patterns aren't as reliable as they were. Too anyway, I think. But uh, after that, then I got, I got wind, but it was all southerly, so all southerly wind. So I was beaten down along the coast, which was okay too. I was happy to be moving again. Uh, until I noticed I had uh, s- uh, steering problems. So I, I, I had to make a difficult decision, but I believe, and I, 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 I know uh, it was the right one to, I, I just ran with the wind. It, the wind had gone westerly at that stage, so I ran with the wind uh, to, to the, the, the southern tip of Portugal, uh, a Cabo de Vincent I think. Um, and it was the right decision, because as soon as I, I got in, I, I, I anchored in a sheltered bay, I started exploring. My whole steering system is in under the cockpit floor, so it's difficult to get at. Okay. And it wouldn't, have been wise, it wouldn't have been wise to try that at sea further. You'd lose a finger, or you'd, you know what I mean. So it was safety first. My, my whole thing with this journey, this circumnavigation, is safety. It's paramount.
0: You have a tracker, and I've been watching you on the tracker, and when you say you have headwinds, you've been, you've been beating for quite a long time, which is the most uncomfortable uh, pointing of sailing
3: uh breathing isn't too bad i i all my sails are new so she she points pretty well uh it, it, the only thing is you're slamming into the waves so it's, you know sleep isn't as easy but it's definitely better than being becammed i think any sailor yourself anyone would, would agree that to be becammed is very frustrating uh you're not moving the boat takes on this roll and so I, I was happy to be moving again uh uh, Ent andembar southerly would have been put a bit good, but that 's what I got, so I was coping okay with this, and I knew that it was going to go westerly uh, and i w- I would have got a got a good push down to the canaries and I, I presume after the canaries it, things would settle more into settled uh, wind patterns. So I was hoping the the azores high was 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 not where it normally was either, so the whole weather system wasn 't behaving as you 'd expect it to
0: apart from the repair that you're doing how are how are you handling the solitude how is sleep going for you
3: um solitude is fine i, I i'm not having a, an issue with that or not having a problem because i mean you're always busy even when i was becalmed, i was i was quite busy uh, you know just just sorting everything out i left i left uh, kill with with a lot of stuff just you know uh not exactly where it was meant to be so i i, I used that time wisely and i stored all my stuff properly and uh sleep patterns i fell into very quickly uh even when i'm anchored now I wake i wake frequently during the night uh well you'd imagine you'd be glad to have a full eight hours i still i still wake because my body clock has just has become accustomed to, to to two hour intervals maybe or you know so i, I the body is amazing the body adjusts very quickly
0: I was on board Waxwing with you in July. How is she handling? She's a very well-founded, boat. She's actually been around the world before.
3: She has. She's behave, behaved beautifully. Um, I couldn't be happier. The new sales, all the new equipment, everything. She's just working. Hundred. She's just so happy to be at sea again. Uh, yeah, she had previ- the previous owners had circumnavigated her. And I've recently found out, because there's a lot of media attention, so people are hearing my story. So another man contacted me and said that he, he was the second owner and he took him navigated. So this would be her third, actually, that I didn't know, which is interesting.
0: And the problem you've had with the steering, what actually has gone wrong and how have you fixed it?
3: The, there's a linkage in underneath the, the cockpit floor that, that would connect. This is a, a crude description uh, that, that would connect... The uh, the quadrant of the of, of the, the steering pedestal to to the rudder stop, let's say.
0: Okay, so That's it's kind of turning something at a right right angles almost.
3: Exactly, it, it, it's it's a linking bar that, that yeah. So a part of that had opened and come off, and so it, the steering wheel wasn't connected to the rudder properly. So okay. uh, while while it's an easy fix, it, it's it's very crammed and very tight in there, and I'm going to. I'm going to open the whole thing off, um, take it take it up. Not, not the whole system, but that part that gave trouble. I'm going to clean it all down and put it back together and you know, lock tight in the trade and every, everything. So it's not going to happen again. So I'm going to take my time and make sure it's 100% before, before I set sail again.
0: Because south of Portugal, it's probably you're not going to have a chance to put into somewhere as sheltered, as easily gettable to for quite a while.
3: Uh, no, that's why I came here. The, well, the wind was pushing me this way, which was one reason. Uh, my only other options would have been uh, North Africa or the Canaries, and they were too far. So I, even though I I had worked so hard to get down along the coast, it it broke my heart to turn back, and 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 head east. But that's that's what I did, and that's what you have to do. I mean, it would have been irresponsible and and silly to to push on with with uh, a faulty steering system. Now. Having said that, Virgil, I have I have all the backups. I have an emergency tiller which I used to get in. It works perfectly. Uh I, I still have my, my hydro vane, my old hydro self steering that I brought as a backup. So I mean I wasn't in imminent danger or anything like that, but it it was just a logical thing to do. How is so, your sh- um, how
0: is your schedule going now then for getting around the capes? Uh
3: it's still okay. It's still good. Um the one you don't want to be too early for is the Cape of Good Hope. So uh, it's still it's still springtime there. So if, if I if I um, get out of here and get on and, and push on down, I'll be right on time for that. And once Waxwing gets going with, with with good winds behind her, she'll make up good speed across the Indian Ocean and down along. So I'll be in time for uh, Australian summer and and more importantly for um, uh, Cape Horn in january february
0: if we want to follow you you've you've got a website you've got a tracker there that people can look at what's the address yeah,
3: the, the website is the main yeah that's a good good well the, the, the website covers everything i have a live tracker i have uh, my blogs there's a, links to all my social media the youtube everything is there so it's peter lawless com. i think um and uh, you'll find everything there. All the info is there, all the updates. My daughter, Rachel, runs that. So, I mean, it's updated daily.
0: So, and we'll post that on our website as well. And look, hopefully we'll talk to you again in another few weeks when you're gone quite a bit more.
3: Perfect, Fergus. Lo- lovely to chat with you again.
0: And Peter's website, again, is com. But if you just Google Peter Lawless Sailing, it will bring you to the link. Women on the Water is an initiative to get more women involved in sailing by the Irish Sailing Association. Their annual regatta was cancelled because of Covid last year but it is about to come around again shortly. Gail McAllister of the ISA told me about Women on the Water.
4: Women on the Water is a campaign that Irish Shading started many years ago with the support of Sport Ireland and the Women in Sport uh, funding opportunities that they offer to encourage more women to actually participate in sport because statistically less women do participate and there's a general drop off around the age of uh, 15 16 and so um sometimes uh, uh in that case giving opportunities and encouragement to encourage women to uh, get out in the water give a sport a try or maybe step up to the next level
0: you've now got women at the helm
4: Yes, so Women at the Helm is an event underneath a, a campaign called Take the Helm. So the concept here is to encourage women to take that next step up, to lead the way and to support others to take the helm in the best way they can. That might be in the form of helming the boat, hence Women at the Helm, which is an event where only women can helm um, and they can have male crew up to 50%. Because it's more fun then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I reported on the event you had in Dunleary. Was it now two years ago, the last one? It was a huge success for you. You hope to have it again. You're about to have another one.
4: We are. uh, The event in Dunleary was incredible. The atmosphere was electric. It was an incredibly windy day on the Saturday. And there were women helming boats they had never helmed before, possibly owned by someone else, in 30 knots of wind. So it was a challenge in so many ways. And they came off the water just high as kites, so happy. Unfortunately, it was too windy the very next day, so it ended up being a one-day event. Um, But everyone was so happy and so high and filled with sense of achievement. Um, We wanted to run it again in 2020, and as we know, many events um, uh, slipped us by. Uh, So we're up again uh, 2021. This year, the event is in Royal Cork Yacht Club out of Crosshaven. We've just decided to make it a one day event as well, because that seems to be um, more desirable, particularly this year as the sailing season, as we'd all know, has been incredibly condensed. So we said, right, let's make it one day, make it short and snappy and brilliant fun.
0: When is it on? How can people enter?
4: Super. Thank you very much. It's on uh, Saturday, the 18th of September. They can enter by going to the Irish Sailing website or to the Royal Court Yacht Club website and they will find the links there very easily. They'll see banners on the home pages to make it nice and easy. Uh, or they can email me, gail at sailing.ie and I'll be happy to lead the way. There are crewing opportunities. So if you don't have a boat, then we'll get you on to one.
0: That's tomorrow week. You've got a couple of talks. Who else is coming along to you next week?
4: Oh, we're very excited to have Pamela Lee come over from France. Uh, Pamela Lee is a Round Island record holder. She has world records for the fastest circumnavigation of Ireland in three categories, under 40-foot money hole, double-handed and female. Um, and she's currently sailing in the double-handed Figaro 3 circuit in France. So we're really excited to have her over. And she's going to launch a very interesting campaign that we have coming up. So that's the next step to help women take the helm. So there'll be a mentorship, a leadership programme as well as training opportunities for women.
0: Gail McAllister. Next Friday we'll hear the announcement of the location of the next America's Cup. As we know, Ireland has put in a strong bid to host the event in Cork Harbour and we are one of three international locations outside of New Zealand being considered. Hopefully we'll be reporting on success for Ireland in that next Friday. I'll be at the Southampton Boat Show next week... It's eminently doable on a day trip from Dublin, so I'll have reports from there over the next few weeks. And that's it for Seascapes. We're back at the same time next Friday. Everything on the programme is podcast, it's on our website, rtie seascapes. If you want to contact me or the programme, the email is seascapes at rt.ie. If you're anywhere on or near the water over the next week, stay safe. Seascapes is presented and produced by Fergal Keane.